Uh, good afternoon and welcome to Your DIY Health here on the Eurofolk Radio Network. I'm your host, Sergeant Jim Ram, retired. You can call me Sarge. It is Wednesday, September 29th, 2021. Still in the year of COVIDiacy, cranking right along. But, yeah, tomorrow's the last day of the fiscal year for the U.S. of A. We'll see what happens uh, by Monday. See if we run out of money like they're talking about. We'll find out. Anyway, this program is meant to present nutritional information only and is in no way meant to replace the advice of a competent medical professional, assuming you can find one. I'm not a doctor, and that's a good thing. In my opinion, the doctors most people go to see when they have a health issue, MDs, are wrapped around the axle of their training. Unfortunately, their training is in drugs and surgery, and it doesn't equip them to treat the over 900 chronic health issues that are proven to be a result of a nutritional deficiency. I'm simply someone who's been studying under the tutelage of one of, if not the top nutritional authorities in the world, Dr. Joel Wallach. Now, I don't treat diseases. I don't even treat people. I simply advise people how to give their bodies the raw materials they need to support and maintain good health, and when the body has what it needs, it'll fix itself. The body wants to fix itself. The body knows how to fix itself. It has a God-given innate ability to do so. The only thing that's missing is the raw materials. When you put those back into the mix, stand back and wait to be amazed because your body's going to do some really cool stuff. Now you can visit my website at yourdiyhealth.com. That's Y-O-U-R-D-I-Y, like do-it-yourself, health, H-E-A-L-T-H, yourdiyhealth.com. And of course, we have the sister site, yourdiywealth.com. And when you go there, be sure and hit the Hyperfund tab, and it'll give you all the information about that fantastic program that's uh, working extremely well for lots and lots and lots of people and uh, helping people get out of the financial system that is controlled by governments and get into something that you can rely on uh, without having to worry about having your funds stolen. <laughs> really cool system. Anyway, check it out, and while you're on the, the regular health site, make sure you uh, just look around, have some fun with it. Uh, all the products we talk about are there. If you have any questions about anything, you can hit the Contact Me button. It gives you the option of sending an email or calling and leaving a message. Either way, we'll get back with you as quick as we can, usually within a few hours, and we'll do everything we can to get your questions answered and get you on the right track. Also, while you're on the site, be sure and hit the Radio Shows tab, and at the top of the page, you'll see the link to our archive page set up through castbox.fm. Uh, getting close to 700 shows up there now. They're all shareable via email and social media, which we encourage you to do. And uh, just have fun with it. And if you scroll down a little further, you'll see the information about the shows we're on, uh, uh, when they're on, how you listen, and that kind of thing. And then at the bottom of the page is the link to the Facebook page set up for the show. So have fun, just uh, just enjoy it. And uh, keep in mind that the topics discussed and opinions mentioned on this show are those of the host and or guests and don't necessarily represent the opinions of the Eurofolk Radio Network, its owners or sponsors, or any of the alphabet agencies out there listening in. Nothing we say in the show should be construed as an attempt to diagnose, treat, or cure any kind of a health issue. It's all here for your education and entertainment purposes only, so that as a responsible adult, you can use this show as a jumping off point to do your own research and due diligence and make sure that what you're doing and what you're trying is right for you. Now, the number to call into the show is 614-426-8787, 614-426-8787. One last time, 614-426-8787. And that's pretty much it for all the fancy stuff. We're going to segue, I'm just cleaning up the screen here and getting stuff out of the way. And it looks like 
everything is working the way it's supposed to. My goodness. And um, the stream, you know, butt hooked up to the stream just, or the internet and to the server just fine. Um, got lucky, I guess. You know, Roger had some issues with it earlier. I was listening at the beginning of the show and he was a couple of minutes late getting started. Uh, stuff happens sometimes. And when you're dealing with the internet and especially, you know, down in Ecuador, sounds like he's going to be moving to a really neat little place and, um, going to have apparently better internet than he has now which should uh, hopefully help with things for the show and that kind of stuff i'm really happy that he's found something that uh, seems like he's going to be real happy with and uh, great to be a part of it so anyway um got some stuff going on here today i just found this yesterday a uh, statement from barbara low fisher who is the uh, person who heads up the national vaccine information center a uh, wonderful lady. I've been following her for a number of years, and um, she's got some fantastic information. And if I can figure out what I did with it, there it is. Um, I'm going to play this little thing. It just it's it's something that you can actually go to her website and download the document itself, so you can see what she's reading. But she does a very very good job of putting it out there uh, as a video, so to speak. And it's already posted on my um, Telegram channel. But I'm going to go ahead and play this just because it sounds so good. And I think a lot of people need to hear it. So without any further ado, here's Barbara Low Fisher of NVIC.org. Just waiting for it to get to the point where she starts talking. My name is Barbara Low Fisher. My son was injured by DPT vaccine in 1980. And this is a reference commentary brought to you by the nonprofit National Vaccine Information Center that can be read on NVIC.org. With the exception of Pearl Harbor and September 11, 2001, Americans have not been attacked by an enemy on our own soil. Unlike countries in Europe during World War II, America has never been occupied by a military force or locked down under martial law. We have never seen soldiers in armored vehicles patrolling the streets, warning us to stay in our homes or face arrest or worse. Beginning in 1776, when our freedom-seeking founders wrote the Declaration of Independence and stood their ground from Lexington and Concord to Saratoga and Valley Forge, and then came together to create a constitutional republic dedicated to protecting individual and minority rights, the United States of America has defined and served as a beacon for liberty for people around the world. This summer, we watched soldiers patrolling the streets of Sydney, Australia, with helicopters overhead, blaring warnings to a stunned, lockdown people to stay in their homes in the name of the public health. We have watched hundreds of thousands of people, young and old, gather together again and again in the streets of Paris, London, Rome, Athens, and Berlin. They are marching against authoritarianism the kind of Orwellian authoritarianism embodied in government-issued vaccine passports that punish citizens for simply defending the right to make a voluntary medical decision for themselves and their minor children. A decision about whether to be injected with a biological pharmaceutical product that can cause serious reactions, injure, kill, or fail to work. The signs they carry say, no forced testing, no forced vaccines. Stop the dictatorship. Hands off our children. My body is mine. 
Big Pharma shackles freedom. No to the passive shame. Better to die free than live as a slave. In what has become a prophetic primal scream for liberty, governments are ordering the police to break up the largely peaceful demonstrators flooding the big cities and small villages of Western Europe. The first populations to organize massive public protests against old-fashioned tyranny dressed up in 21st century clothes. The people of Europe were the first to stand up for freedom during this government-declared public health emergency because they know how tyranny begins. They know what it looks like and they remember what it feels like. They remember and are declaring never again. Most Americans living today do not remember World War II or if they do, it is through what their parents or grandparents told them about it. World War II was not fought on American soil. Americans went to war in Europe to stop the slaughter of millions at the hands of an authoritarian fascist government commanding the army of the Third Reich that killed in the name of the public health and safety. Even as an authoritarian communist government slaughtered many more millions during a reign of terror in the Soviet Union. Most American children today are not taught what happened in China after World War II when the Chinese Communist Party implemented the Great Leap Forward and the Great Proletarian Cultural Revolution. Those militant ideological cleansing campaigns imprisoned and killed tens of millions of citizens because they criticized or opposed authoritarian government policies. In America, we have taken our freedom for granted. Because while we have been willing to fight to defend the freedom of others, we have never been called upon to defend it in our own backyard. Most Americans have never imagined we would experience a serious threat to autonomy and freedom of thought, speech, conscience, and assembly. So deep has been our trust in the laws and cultural values, which have, for the most part, ensured fundamental freedoms in our country that we never believed it could happen here. But the last 20 months have changed everything. Many Americans have begun to understand that tyranny can be disguised to look like safety, even as many others still cannot bring themselves to believe it. Striking fear into the hearts and minds of the people, the move toward authoritarianism in America began with government officials suddenly telling us, even children as young as two years old, that we could not breathe fresh air or enter public spaces without a mask covering our face. Millions of American workers, judged to be non-essential, lost the ability to earn a living so they could eat and pay rent during flatten-the-curve lockdowns we were told would last only a few weeks but instead went on for months. Anyone who criticized government narratives about their origin of SARS-CoV-2 virus or questioned social distancing restrictions was immediately publicly shamed and censored. Any doctor who tried to provide early treatment for COVID-19 patients by repurposing safe and effective licensed drugs and nutritional supplements to help their patients survive the infection were also publicly shamed and censored. After the FDA granted Pfizer and Moderna an emergency use authorization in December 2020 
to distribute their liability-free experimental mRNA COVID-19 vaccines in the U.S. Public health officials enlisted big corporations to launch a hard-sell national vaccine advertising campaign targeting all Americans over the age of 12. Anyone who asked questions or challenged the hard sell was immediately censored on social media. State governments and employers were encouraged to threaten workers, especially healthcare workers and emergency responders, with loss of their jobs for refusing the vaccine. Private businesses were encouraged to deny unvaccinated citizens entry to restaurants, stores, and other public venues. By the end of July 2021, the Department of Veteran Affairs directed all VA healthcare workers to be fully vaccinated or lose their jobs. In early August, the Department of Defense announced that all military service members must be fully vaccinated when the FDA officially licenses a COVID-19 vaccine or lose their jobs. Suddenly, on August 23, the Pfizer mRNA vaccine was licensed without a public meeting of the FDA Vaccines and Related Biological Products Advisory Committee and full disclosure of the scientific data supporting licensure. By the end of August, about 176 million Americans had been fully vaccinated, representing a 53.6% of our population of 333 million people, which is the third largest in the world. And studies had confirmed that the SARS-CoV-2 infection mortality ratio in the U.S. remains at less than 1%. But the executive branch of the U.S. government was not happy. Federal health officials had publicly set the goal of persuading 90% of Americans to get the COVID vaccine, although it is clear now that the real goal all along was a 100% vaccination rate no exceptions and no questions asked. At the beginning of September, the politics of persuasion gave way to an iron-fisted approach, using the heel of the boot of the state to try to club 100 million unvaccinated Americans into submission. On September 9, 2021, the President of the United States followed the advice of top public health officials and in effect declared war on unvaccinated Americans. He scapegoated and placed all the blame for the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic on the unvaccinated, even though federal health officials admit that fully vaccinated people can still get infected and transmit the virus to others. And even though breakthrough COVID infections, hospitalizations and deaths in fully vaccinated people are on the rise. And even though evidence shows individuals who have recovered from the infection have stronger natural immunity than those who have been vaccinated. And even though officials at the World Health Organization now say that the SARS-CoV-2 virus is mutating like influenza and is likely to become prevalent in every country, no matter how high the vaccination rate. The president told 100 million unvaccinated Americans that, quote, our patience is running thin and issued an executive order that every person working for the executive branch of the federal government, more than two million people, must get fully vaccinated or lose their jobs. 
That order also applied to about 17 million healthcare professionals working in medical facilities that accept Medicare and Medicaid. There is no option for executive branch employees to get tested. The rule is get vaccinated or be fired. It is interesting that the order does not apply to workers in the judicial branch or legislative branch, which includes members and staffers in Congress. The president also ordered the Department of Labor to issue a rule that carries penalties of $14,000 per violation to force private companies with more than 100 employees to get their workers fully vaccinated or be tested weekly. He also called for all teachers and school staff in all schools to be fully vaccinated. The next day, the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, Dr. Anthony Fauci, criticized the president for not going far enough. Fauci said that the government should give Americans no option but to get injected with the biological product that some describe as a vaccine, others characterize as a genetic therapy or cell disruptor biological, and others allege is a bioweapon made in a lab in China with US funding. Then Fauci said all children must be vaccinated or denied a school education. And all unvaccinated people must be banned from getting on an airplane. At the same time, a Virginia congressman introduced the Safety Travel Act that would require travelers getting on a plane or Amtrak train in the US to show proof of COVID vaccination or a negative COVID test within 72 hours of boarding. Today, people in some cities are being denied entrance to restaurants and stores if they can't prove they have been fully vaccinated. Doctors are refusing to provide medical care to the unvaccinated. Hollywood entertainers are celebrating the deaths of unvaccinated people, saying they deserve to die, and are calling for the unvaccinated who get COVID to be denied admission to hospitals for treatment. Judges are separating children from mothers who have not gotten a COVID shot. Influential scientists are insisting lawmakers make it a hate crime for anyone to publicly criticize scientists and government health officials. Dissenters are told they are selfish and characterized as an enemy of the state for simply defending the human right to inform consent to medical risk taking. The normalizing of the ritualistic persecution of Americans who are refusing to give up the right to autonomy, which is the first and most fundamental human right, is underway. The Orwellian message is, the life of any person who dissents from government policy must be systematically destroyed. Demanding obedience, government health officials characterized public health policies that segregate, discriminate, and turn people against each other as the good. Yet a lot of Americans instinctively know segregation and discrimination is not good. They know that persuading a majority of citizens to scapegoat a minority of citizens to cover up the failures of government is allowing evil to triumph. Dissenting Americans, both vaccinated and unvaccinated, fill the ranks of every socioeconomic class, every political party, 
and every faith-based community. They understand the meaning of the warning that, quote, the only thing necessary for triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. And they are not going to stand by and do nothing. When government threatens to take away an individual's right to employment, education, health care, and the ability to enter a store to buy food, enter a hospital, or travel on public transportation, there is no other word for it but tyranny. This virus, which has a 99% survival rate, and this leaky vaccine, which fails to reliably prevent infection and transmission in the fully vaccinated, has racked up a record-breaking more than half a million vaccine adverse event reports in the U.S. alone. It will not be the last virus and vaccine to be weaponized against the people in the name of the greater good. That is because forced vaccination is the tip of the spear in a culture war that has been going on for much longer than the 40 years that I have been a vaccine safety and human rights activist publicly warning that this day would come. It is a war that will cause more suffering until enough of us refuse to be siloed and instead join together to change dangerous laws that abuse the trust and goodwill of the people. Every single American, whether you have been vaccinated or not, should stop to reflect upon what is happening in our country. Think about what liberty means. Imagine what life will be like in the future if you cannot leave your home without being harnessed to a government-issued digital ID, which contains personal information about your body and your life, and is hooked up to an electronic surveillance system that records and controls every move you make. Imagine if you are a healthcare worker and your medical license is taken from you for refusing to get a government-mandated vaccine, which is a public health policy being implemented in Washington, D.C., a city where doctors can now vaccinate children as young as 11 years old without the knowledge or consent of their parents. Imagine if you cannot hold any type of job or enter a grocery store to buy food to feed your family or enter a drugstore, cafe, gym, school, cinema, museum, park, or beach without showing proof you've been vaccinated. Imagine if you are denied entrance to a doctor's office or lose your Medicare and Social Security benefits because you don't have the vaccine passport, a suggestion made recently on national television. Imagine if you cannot get on a plane or bus to visit your children or elderly parents because federal government officials have exercised authority over interstate commerce and ban the unvaccinated from crossing state borders, an action that some proponents of forced vaccination are urging the current administration to make. Imagine if you cannot get a driver's license, file your taxes, open or access your bank account, or use a credit card to make a purchase if you fail to produce the required vaccine paperwork stamped by the government. Imagine if you or your child have already suffered a previous serious vaccine reaction, or have an underlying inflammatory immune disorder that increases your risk for being harmed by vaccination, but doctors refuse to see you because you are unvaccinated, which is already happening in America, and you are denied admission to a hospital for a life-saving operation. If you think that the vaccine passport 
is only about this virus and this vaccine. Think again. Forced vaccination was always the end game, both before and during this pandemic. And the proof of that lies in the decades of federal legislation and federal agency rulemaking, paving the way for what we are experiencing today. Right now, forced vaccination is the quickest means to what the World Economic Forum transparently describes on its website as the Great Reset. You, your children and grandchildren are the commodity. And in the name of the greater good, you are expected to obediently allow others to reset your life in all kinds of ways without making a sound. The government issued passport allowing you to function in society is just the first step on the slippery slope to what will be many more requirements and restrictions on your freedom in the days, months, and years to come. The question is, will you allow yourself to be used and abused by those currently holding the power to do what they want to do to you? Or will you defend your God-given right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness? The, this pandemic of deception and incompetence has stolen from our daily lives the peace and joy we deserve to have, leaving too many of us confused and paralyzed by fear, divided from our family and friends, crippled with anxiety and despair, allowing hopelessness to rule our days. It doesn't have to be like this. We can refuse to be psychologically manipulated so we are stripped of love and compassion and are unable to engage in rational thinking. We can push back against the authoritarians taking away our freedom and trying to divide us. We can do it the way that all successful social reform movements before us have done it, through actively participating in local, state, and federal government and by engaging in non-violent civil disobedience if that becomes necessary. Instead of allowing ourselves to be separated from one another, we can stay connected and meet together in small groups in our homes and neighborhoods. We can develop personal relationships with our elected officials at every level of government, from our local sheriff and elected members of local school boards and city and county councils to our elected state and federal legislators. If we don't like the way the people we have elected are governing, we can vote them out or run for office ourselves and help change the laws. We can talk to the young men and women serving in our community police departments and the U.S. military to remind them of how important it is to value and protect human rights and civil liberties so that if they are ever called upon to implement authoritarian rule, they will make the right choice. Above all, we can be self-disciplined and make rational decisions that do not lead to violent confrontations because that kind of behavior only plays into the hands of those whose ultimate goal is to take away autonomy and more individual freedoms in the United States. During the civil rights movement of the 1950s and 60s, the most profound statements were made by those who sat down in the front of the bus or in a chair at a segregated restaurant or other public place and simply refuse to move. There are restaurant owners in New York City who are refusing to follow orders directing them to discriminate against and deny service to the unvaccinated. 
There are veteran healthcare workers on the front lines caring for patients during the pandemic who are being fired for supporting informed consent rights and giving up their careers to stand on principle. Many of them suspect that the next cruel order they will be told to obey is to deny life-saving medical treatment to unvaccinated patients. There are corporate CEOs and union leaders who are refusing to bow to political pressure to require rank and file workers to get the vaccine or risk losing their jobs. There are courageous doctors and scientists who have never spoken out publicly before, who are risking their careers by demanding that mass vaccination policies be backed up by good science, who are challenging the government's narrative that natural immunity is not as good as vaccine acquired immunity who are criticizing the long-term safety of mRNA vaccines and providing convincing evidence that the SARS-CoV-2 virus did not spontaneously jump out of a bat, but was genetically engineered by scientists in biohazard labs. There are state lawmakers who are listening to the people and refusing to vote for the passage of forced vaccination laws that perpetuate the illusion that vaccine passports are the only solution to ending the pandemic. These Americans are rejecting authoritarianism. They are heroes and they are on the right side of history. They and many other brave Americans are helping us make our way through this time of fear, oppression and suffering when the cultural values and beliefs that have guaranteed freedom in this great country of ours are being tested. I believe we will come together and pass this test. We will act responsibly to protect our liberty. We will restore the spirit of freedom to its rightful place at the center of our culture. We will do it because we know that if the state can tag, track down, and force individuals against their will to be injected with biologicals of known and unknown toxicity today, then there will be no limit on which individual freedoms the state can take away in the name of the greater good tomorrow. You can choose to be a hero wherever you live. You can choose to reject the ugly call to shame and punish your friends, family members, neighbors, colleagues, and fellow citizens for defending the human right to autonomy and protection of bodily integrity, which is the essence of the informed consent ethic. You can choose freedom over fear. Be the one who never has to say, you did not do today what you could have done to change tomorrow. Do it for yourself, your children and grandchildren, and for all the generations to come. It's your health, your family, your choice. And our mission continues. No forced vaccination, not in America. There you have it. I think that was a very, very good uh, presentation of where we're at and where we could be going either way. You know, uh, and I was watching the chat room go as uh, it's going on. <laughs> Rebecca was saying, uh, uh, where is it? Um, is this thing, I can't even find it now, but it's basically she said, does this end on a, on a halfway decent note? <laughs> Well, it depends on how you look at things, but um, I think Barbara Lowe Fisher did a great job 
of explaining what was going on, where we are. There's, you know, there's a few historical things she didn't have quite right. Um, number one, which really kind of surprised me, is she talked about how the uh, uh, Pfizer jab was given um, FDA licensure and approval on August 23rd, which it was not. And I think uh, hopefully someone will bring that to her attention. But um, that is being used as a uh, point to push forward on all this stuff. And that's why they did what they did the way they did it. With all the smoke and mirrors, the you know subterfuge, the lies, uh, flat out lies, basically. Saying that the Pfizer had been approved when in fact it hasn't. And all you got to do is read the, uh, the letter from uh, the FDA and it's very clear that Pfizer was given an extension of the emergency use authorization. And uh, that's what people seem to uh, have a hard time realizing. Even the people on our side of things. But uh, one of the other comments is uh, it's interesting that, um, you know, people that have been injected all their lives have taken everything, including flu shots. But now, because they haven't taken this, they're they're called unvaccinated. And the thing that you have to keep in mind, and when someone asks, you know, have you had the vaccine for COVID? My answer is, there is no vaccine for COVID. Despite what the lies they're telling you, the things they're putting out there as vaccines are not. They do not pass the uh, legal nor the biological definition of a vaccine. <clears throat> a vaccine is designed to prevent someone from getting and or spreading an illness. And these things do not do that by the admission of virtually everyone, including the companies that make them. Uh, the, it's my understanding, I haven't been able to track it down yet, but um, the uh, applications for approval from all three, you know, from Pfizer, from Moderna, and from Johnson & Johnson, all three of these injections, when they were submitted to the FDA originally for approval, uh, said nothing about trying to uh, or present a substance that would inhibit someone from, a, from getting, contracting an illness and or from spreading it. The only thing these things were designed to do was to uh, reduce serious symptomology. So if and when you got it, it wouldn't be as bad. But there is nothing in there about preventing someone from, from contracting it or from spreading it. So these things are not vaccines. So when someone says, are you, have you taken it? Are you vaccinated? Yeah, I'm vaccinated. And that's what my answer will be. Now, have you had the COVID vaccine? I said, they don't exist. There is no such thing. And I will not take these things they're calling vaccines because they are actually, they qualify not as a vaccine, but as a bioweapon. And if someone was foolish enough to take these things thinking it was going to help keep them from getting sick, <laughs> shame on them. And the thing is, is we're dealing with a situation now where, like she was mentioning also, the, all the push to demonize and discourage people from you know, making it as difficult as possible uh, to not take these things and to make life as difficult as possible and make it so that the easy solution is just to go ahead and roll up your sleeve and take it. Well, the people that have done that probably won't be here in the next couple of years. 
you know, you know, thousands and thousands have died already. Thousands more will die during the next cold and flu season. Between October and March of 2022, rest assured, there's going to be a whole bunch of people dying as the uh, antibody-dependent enhancement kicks in and people suffer cytokine storms and all the other stuff that goes along with it from taking these injections. When their immune systems are not able to fight off the standard cold and flu, and guess what? It's going to be labeled as a COVID death, and it's going to be blamed on the unvaccinated. Well, we have to stand up. And that's what uh, she alluded to. Edmund Burke's statement, famous statement, the only, all that is necessary for evil to triumph is that good men do nothing. Unfortunately, we're seeing textbook cases of that going on right now. Evil is currently triumphing because good men are doing nothing. They're sitting back and waiting for someone else to do something. And that's a big, big problem. And we need to figure out a way to convince people that this needs to change. You know, and whether it's wearing t-shirts to draw people's attention to it, whether it's standing up and saying no, you know, I, um, uh, last night was doing a bunch of searching on the internet cause I want to go to the, uh, U.S. boat show in Annapolis, Maryland, the people's Republic of Maryland. Uh Oh, what just happened to my Skype connection? What happened here? Uh Oh. That's not good. Good grief. Oh. I don't know what happened here. All of a sudden, one of my browsers popped up and asked if I wanted to join the meeting. <laughs> I thought I'd been cut out of Skype. <laughs> Whoo! Boy, they had me worried there for a second. I uh, apologize for the hiccup there. Um, I don't know what happened. All of a sudden... A browser popped up and showed that I was not logged in. And I said, did I just get kicked out? But anyway, um, last night I was doing some research because I want to go to this boat show in uh, in, uh, in October, uh, about the second week out. Um, and, of course, being in the People's Republic of Maryland, I figured this is going to be fun. Because I, I first had to send an email to the... Um, uh, company or the people that are running the show asking them what kind of COVID restrictions there were. And I have yet to hear back from them. I sent it two days ago and they haven't responded. Uh, I also sent a similar message to the, um, manufacturer of the sailboat that I want to see. And, um, they have offered to, uh, provide me with free tickets, which is, I'm only going to go for one day. So it's about 35 bucks. And, um, but they're, they're getting me free tickets, and they, they sent a thing right back yesterday morning. I sent it um, Monday night, Tuesday morning. They responded saying, you know, there's no um, requirements for face diapers or anything to enter the show or to board our boat because some boats apparently are requiring people to wear face diapers uh, in order to board and look around. And luckily they're not doing that, so I'm good there. But they said, however... If you plan on parking at the, uh, it's the uh, Annapolis um, Naval Academy uh, Stadium, and then taking the free shuttle bus to the show, it's mandatory to wear a face diaper on the shuttle bus. I said, okay, so now I got to find another place I can park that I can walk 
uh, to the uh, show. So I found that. And then I had to figure out, okay, I'm driving out on Thursday and spending the night. And then Friday I'll go to the show. And then drive home Friday afternoon, evening. And uh, so I had to try and find a hotel that isn't requiring face diapers. And every freaking place I looked at that was a, you know, that had an indoor type deal where they had the free breakfast and, um, you know, walk down the hall to your room as opposed to like a Motel 6 where all the doors, you know, open to the outside parking lot. Uh, the only one I, one of those I could find in the area was given some of the worst ratings I could imagine. You know, people said the places smelled like smoke, there's cigarette burns and the bedspreads and, you know, dirty and all this kind of junk. And I said, well, I ain't gonna, and I looked at it and said, what are the languages spoken? English and Pakistani. That tells me something. So I did a little more, you know, I had this research go dig out a little bit further from the, uh, from Annapolis. And I found a place that was about 15, 20 miles away, had great, uh, reviews and nothing on the website at all about face diapers. So I called them. I said, uh, do you guys require face masks or anything like that? Nope. I said, good. <laughs> so I found my place. I'm all set. And I'm going to see my boat. But uh, the hassle you have to go through just to travel from one state to another, one city to another. And, of course, East Coast, you know, the, you know, I, I can't imagine, you know, going to New York or Connecticut or Massachusetts and Maryland in the D.C. area. All those places are face diaper central. And the things you have to go through, some in the past, you know, two years ago, wouldn't have been any deal at all. You know, just you make your arrangements and go. Now you have to do all the gyrations and everything, trying to figure out what you can do, what you can't, and try to stand up for your rights at the same time. You know, it's, it's just un, unreal, the things you have to go through now. And this is just previews of coming attractions. It's going to get worse and worse as time goes on unless more and more people start standing up and saying no. That's the problem we've got. And that's why I think that would be another great t-shirt. All that's necessary for the triumph of evil is that good men do nothing. And that's the situation we're in. It's uh, it's it's really sad. You know, who'd have thunk that this would be going on in the U.S. of A.? I know that we've slowly been creeping towards some crazy stuff over the years, but we have flat jumped off the cliff of stupidity, and we're hurtling towards the bottom at this point. And uh, short of a miracle happening, we're going to smack the ground, and it's going to be over. So, I don't know. Wait, maybe, you know, who knows? Let's see, Mark just put something in here. I recently read a document I've also sent to my personal Telegram channel. The documents say to ensure you are taking plenty of antioxidants and, from what I gathered, nitric oxide. Um, when I think of antioxidants, I immediately think of the master antioxidant, glutathione. We can do simple things to help combat this. Um, definitely, glutathione is your body's fire department. And selenium recycles glutathione, which is a good thing. And um, 
something else that you can do one of the best antioxidants on the planet that i have ever found i found nothing that even comes close is c60 carbon 60 and as usual the best place to get it is c-60.com that's um, uh, bob greska's site and he makes the absolute best c60 on the planet and one little tiny dropper full of that stuff has just gobs and gobs billions and billions of those little molecules and the ORAC score is off the charts uh, there is nothing I've ever seen that even comes close you know Longevity's Beyond Tangy Tangerine tablets has 16,000 ORAC per, per four tablet serving uh, <laughs> which is just that's a monstrous bunch but um, this stuff you know it doesn't even come close to c60 so uh, you know you can eat lots and lots of foods you know blueberries um, dark-skinned fruits uh, generally have uh, are high in antioxidants uh, selenium will help your body recycle your glutathione uh, which is a good thing and then of course like i said c60 is phenomenal and of course you know the basic uh, mighty 90 uh, the 90 essential nutrients which you know keep your body functioning properly so it can take out the trash and that kind of thing um, I still say in from what I've seen is the best way to combat all the junk that's going on including the spike proteins um, short of the the cupping procedure that uh, shows in that video from Russia or Ukraine or wherever it is um, which sucks the stuff out of your body uh, you know short of that I honestly believe the nutrition is the the best solution because it gives your body what it needs to take out the trash and that's the thing your body is fearfully and wonderfully made it's made in the image of God and God knew before the body was formed before he made Adam he knew that this day was coming and that our immune systems would need to deal with the crap that is in these alleged bioweapon injections and don't ever think that he didn't know what was going on god has never been caught off guard he has never been surprised by anything and this doesn't fit the bill either you know he knew this was coming and he knew that whatever fauci's going to release in the future can be dealt with just the same by our bodies if we give our bodies the necessary tools to do the job and that's the 90 essential nutrients um, along with excellent you know, antioxidants you know definitely a good thing to add into the mix but um, that's my take on it and um, I think it's a pretty good one <laughs> so I've got another little this one is nowhere near as long it's about nine or ten minutes long but this is the dr. artist show he's got up well he's he's i don't know how long he's been doing this he's got 286 subscribers which is about 100 more than he had yesterday which is a good thing um, i've been posting his stuff whenever i can on my uh, telegram channel and he had a interview with dr simone gold the founder of the america's frontline doctors and it's really a pretty good little chat here so i'm going to play this real quick and uh, i'll take us up to the top of the hour here we go <laughs> Welcome to the Dr. Artist Show. I'm your host, Dr. Brian Artis, and I'm here with Esquire and Dr. Simone Gold. Say hi to the audience. Good to be here. 
Now you, Dr. Simone Gold, are the head of AFLDS.org, AmericanFrontlineDoctors.org, and I personally, on behalf of all Americans and around the world, all those you're trying to save and stand for, I just want to say thank you. Thank you. And that we love you for what you're standing for. I have five kids, some that are of the ages of people in the military right now who are being threatened with these mandates for vaccines. You just released just a few critical pieces of information about an injunction or a lawsuit you just filed, I believe, today. Can you please just tell us what we learned about the actual individuals in the military at Fort Hood, what has happened to a pilot and two individuals in the military who were both young, all three young, healthy, what's happened since they received the shots within 48 hours? America's Frontline Doctors.org, we filed a preliminary injunction in Colorado in federal district court to request uh, the judge to order the Department of Defense to stop mandatory inoculations. We're doing this based on the fact that these mandatory inoculations are causing great harm to a large number of people, especially in the younger, healthier population. The risk of death and other adverse events greatly exceeds the risk posed by the virus itself. We doctors know that there's a lot of science to support it. Again, especially in the young, healthy population, there is no science to support this. Specifically, um, within this preliminary injunction and amended complaint that we filed, there is affidavits by four military doctors, scientists, outlining the harms that they see and they don't believe it's safe for the military to proceed in normal working fashion while getting the shots. One of the doctors attested to the fact that a helicopter pilot died 48 hours after taking the shot and two other soldiers are currently in the ICU in Fort Hood. Now you can't just dismiss this. These are young, healthy soldiers who regularly undergo health examinations. They're healthy to begin with, and then before they go on flights, they get another health assessment. You don't just suddenly drop dead two days later. A lot of people want to say, well, we don't know if they're related. And I ask you from a common sense perspective, does that make sense to you, that a young, healthy soldier, completely fit, who just had a health assessment, should die suddenly, 48 hours after the shot? And he's not the only one. That's just the one I happen to be mentioning. I can tell you, as an experienced emergency physician for more than 20 years, this is very, very unusual, just to back up your common sense. I was going to ask you, uh, is myocarditis common in young 20, 21, 22, 23-year-old males and females? Myocarditis is exceedingly uncommon in young, healthy people. Exceedingly, uh, basically, uh, I don't believe I've ever seen a case of myocarditis in a young person in my entire career working full-time as an emergency physician for more than 20 years. It's exceedingly uncommon. And that is one of the things that's now a black box warning, I believe. Yes, so myocarditis and pericarditis are now being seen regularly in the young, healthy population, especially young males. This is like no question that it's seen. What is myocarditis? It's an inflammation of the heart. And there are people who say that this is no big deal. I'm here to tell you that myocarditis and pericarditis are associated with very high levels of morbidity and mortality within about five years. The death rate is about 30 or 35% within about, about five years. I might be a little bit off on the numbers, but it's very, very substantial. Even in the best of circumstances, if you've had myocarditis, you have to undergo like every few months 
checkups, you have to be on heart medicines for a while, you have to have EKGs, you certainly are not going to be able to be an active member of the military, so if that was your career choice, that's over. So there's tremendous harms associated. And on the benefit side, there's no benefit. You're not going to get critically ill from SARS-CoV-2 if you're a young, healthy soldier. There is no benefit. You can't be giving drugs to young, healthy people when there's no benefit. And you've actually been a physician for over 20 years. I would like to ask you, because a lot of people are going to think you're some kind of anti-vaxxer. Did you support vaccines over the last 20 years, at least some of the vaccines that have been in use in, medic in medicine I'm over so, the last 20 I'm years? I'm so glad you asked that because I forget to say that. Let me be super clear. It's a pejorative, a slur, an insult to just call someone an anti-vaxxer, so that's some, some dark, nefarious category. Most people who are quote-unquote fitting into that category were people who got vaccines and then got injured, right? So that's the category. I happen to not be in that category because it wasn't my issue. So all of my life, I had been fully vaccinated. As an emergency physician, I had to undergo annual influenza shots. I had those. My children were fully vaccinated. I had no dog in this fight. So, so to slam me, you know, CNN actually asked me this question and I said exactly that, which is I've been fully vaccinated, my children have been vaccinated, I've never had a public position on vaccine. And by the way, I still have no public position on vaccines. We're talking about these COVID shots that do not work like vaccines. It's a, it's a sleight of hand, it's a name switch. A vaccine should stop transmission of the thing. When the Pfizer and Moderna applications were put forth, they weren't even put forth to stop transmission of the virus. They were only put forth to reduce the symptoms of the virus. So I don't even, call, I don't even think it's a vaccine fight, quite frankly, because I don't think it's a vaccine. So I have no uh, anti, if anything, I guess you put me in the pro-vaccine camp, but I really have no position on it, and in my personal life, I've taken all shots. This is one thing I wanted to make very clear to anybody watching this, is that you, one of the leaders on the front lines to actually educate and try to save as many lives as possible, that you've been vaccinated and yeah. followed vaccine schedules, but there is something about this one that has made you very concerned and very upset, and you are actually going out and filing lawsuits to try to protect as many people as possible against the harms of this one. Let, let me share one thing that I think is so critical. When I say that this isn't a vaccine, the common understanding of the word vaccine is to stop transmission between people. That's why you do something like, like a vaccine, right? So uh, the original application, which I just alluded to, that Moderna and Pfizer filed with the FDA back in, well, the late, latest version was December 2020, specifically states that it does not stop the transmission of the SARS-CoV-2 virus, but it reduced symptoms from moderate to mild. That's it. Did not stop transmission, did not stop death, did not reduce hospitalization. If that's not bad enough, well, the reason that's bad is because if you're only kind of symptom reducing, but you're giving it to everybody all over the planet, you will select for those variants that are resistant to that kind of treatment because it's more like a treatment. These shots are more like a treatment. So that's exactly what we've seen. So the, vac the widespread vaccination has led to the widespread emergence of variants. So the original variant, the Wuhan variant, no longer exists. Don't have to take my word for it. This is per the CDC director. She has said that the Delta virus variant, uh, the, the original variant is gone. The Delta variant is like 99.8% of the variant that's out there. And then she also said that the shots don't work to stop transmission of the Delta variant. Let me be super clear for the fact checkers. CDC director Rochelle Walensky stated, and it's on the CDC.gov website, that the only variant that's out there in America is the Delta variant. She then said that the Delta variant cannot be stopped by these shots. 
So, so why this keep is, mandating them and put right. them in anybody? Our right. position, our position in America's Frontline Doctors is that you cannot mandate something that's personal treatment only, right? They're acting as though this is for the public health and that's why you can do it. But when the CDC director herself says that it does not stop transmission, how can you claim this is a public health measure? How can you mandate it to give it to any children or military personnel that are defending our country? I don't understand that. Now, I do want to make you aware, Simone Gold, Dr. Simone Dr. Gold, Gold, Esquire, Simone Gold. I just want you to know, Thomas Renz has become a great friend of mine. Mm -hmm. And last night we were in the car together, and there was a injunction filed on July 19, 2021, in the district of Alabama, northern part of Alabama, against the EUA. Uh, emergency use authorization of the COVID-19 shots based on a whistleblower coming forward from the cms.com or .gov's database information about deaths inside those databases after three days post-shots. I actually disclosed to Thomas Renz more information from the October FDA document that actually has more implications and he's so excited to share that with you and everyone else. He was up at four o'clock this morning. I told him about it last night. I said, I had to bring this to your attention. Yes. He is thrilled and I cannot wait to see what additional data we get to actually help us in this fight. We need, and if anyone's listening, if you are in a position to be a whistleblower, you're working for the government, the CDC, Medicare, Medicaid, you're a nurse or doctor in a hospital, you're seeing things that you think are wrong, Really, come come send an email to AFLDS.org and we'll hook you up. Yeah, so Dr. Smongold, please tell the audience how they can donate, help support, because it takes money and it takes effort to be able to drive all these lawsuits, file them all, and try to protect as many as possible. Thank you. So please go to AmericasFrontlineDoctors.org or the acronym AFLDS.org, AmericaFrankLDS.org. And please, you know, we make all of our content free to everybody, but of course things do cost money. There's a ton of information. We have news, we have legal news. We also have access to the life-saving medication. You can go to aflds.org slash meds and arrange a telemedicine consultation where you can obtain ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine or budesonide or any kind of medicine that you need so that you're not living in fear should you get this thing. So we, we hope you become a member. We hope you become a paying monthly member, but certainly just become a member. Thank you very much, Dr. Smungle, for all you're doing and Thank everything you. you're doing with AFLDS.org for us. Thank you. Thank you so Great much. Luck. Yep, there you go. And that one is also on the uh, Telegram channel for anyone who wants to share it, whatever. Um, the interesting thing I find with uh, you know this doctor, as well as many others, is until this thing started, they were clueless when it came to the dangers of vaccines, real alleged vaccines that have been out there for years and years. The, the DPT, the MMR, the chicken pox, whatnot. And basically they had bought into the lies of big pharma and had been willingly playing uh, Russian roulette with their own lives and those of their children just out of ignorance. But even those people who had been truly ignorant and taking the chances of uh, damaging themselves and their children realized that this one was definitely a big bad voodoo daddy that we didn't want to mess with. And thank goodness that at this point they are coming out of the uh, <laughs> the brain fog of ignorance when it comes to the dangers of vaccines and hopefully even though like she said this has not been my issue 
hopefully it will become one. Hopefully she'll start. Uh, she probably came across some of the information from Dr. Sherry Tenpenny and Barbara Lou Fisher and some of the other folks out there that have been looking at this stuff for years. And hopefully she will start to see how dangerous these things are. And that's, you know, people need to get this information um, one way or another. That's all there is to it. And I guess, you know, better late than never. But, you know, there's there's some in interesting things going on around there. And trying, you know, I think they're trying to do the right thing, whether they're doing it completely, who knows. Um, I would like, I haven't seen the paperwork that uh, Tom Rents filed in uh, Alabama. I would like to see the, the court documentation on that, trying to get the um, stay on, or a uh, uh, injunction against the use of the um, COVID-19 shots. But, <clears throat> you know, who knows? I don't know if anybody's seen it, you know, feel free to chime in. But um, it's just one of those things where, you know, hopefully something good will come of this. Now, she made some good points, though, as far as the military. You know, you've got some excellent cases here where these young um, pilots and other military personnel who, you know, they go through a lot of rigorous testing. They go through a lot of physical training. They're in relatively good shape. Um, again, can't say they're healthy, but they are symptom-free. And generally speaking, you can pretty much bet that had this thing not intervened in their lives, um, they'd still be alive and they would not have uh, myocarditis and some of the other things they're ending up with as a result of taking these jabs. But hopefully something will come out of it. People need to call more attention to this stuff because this is truly a national security threat. You know, and the fact that this thing... You know, they say it originated in China. I disagree. I believe it originated in North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Um, and when they stopped being allowed to do gain-of-function research in the U.S., they shipped it to China. And that because Fauci was funding it every step of the way. And he's got contacts there. And he says, hey, we're going to bring this over, and we want you to keep working on it. And the generally dumb public said, oh, yeah. It just came from China. They're trying to attack us. You know, they had it once they got it there. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if they released it, but who knows? But the thing is, is it's a situation where you know, the bottom line is more and more people need to be awoke, wake, you know, wake up and woke up, wakened up, whatever. You need to throw some water on them and get the information out so that more and more people are aware of what's going on the trouble is is the generally dumb public bubis americanus um, most of them even if they wanted to know the truth they could not accept the truth the cognitive uh, dissonance is so powerful in this case they have been brainwashed their entire lives that alleged vaccines are good and only a fool would not take one you know and i mean this is total brainwashing and most people have swallowed the kool-aid the hook line and sinker so much that there's just no hope for them to, to wake up short of someone they know getting the thing 
and dying from it or having major problems. And even as we've seen, many, many, many of these people, uh, their family members take the shot, they get sick and die, but the family sit there and watch it happen. But they're, oh, well, it couldn't possibly be the, the injection. You know, we're still in favor of people getting it. Go out and get it right now. What is wrong with you? Can you not do the mental math? The person was totally fine. They had no problems whatsoever. And then, boom, they take it. And the next thing you know, they're dead. Oh, it couldn't be the injection. It had to be something else. Well, what? <laughs> and the fact is, they're just only now starting to do post-mortems and autopsies on these people that have died from these things. And the things they're finding, like we saw in the, you know, if you watched that video yesterday, my goodness, the samples that they're taking out of these people that have died from these things is just unbelievable. They're, I mean, the blood just does not look like normal blood. And then you've got all this other stuff that you claim is stainless steel shards or blades or whatever you want to call it in there. It's unbelievable. <laughs> but people just go along and oh, yeah, it's okay. Just posted on the thing yesterday uh, on Telegram. Welcome to the United States of America. Zero days since last tyrannical government power grab. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> and then a picture of Jag Clampett. These same folks that counted the Rona cases ain't counting the mail-in ballots, are they? Anyway, where is... I want to play this thing from this Dingleberry in New York. Here it is. Last one. And this is short and sweet. Here we go. Uh, i got to find the actual video. Do, 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 do. Come on. There it is. Wait a minute, that wasn't the right video. Maybe good. Hmm. At midnight tonight, when everyone is expected in a hospital in the state of New York or a health care facility to have been vaccinated, I will be signing an executive order to give me the emergency powers necessary to address the shortages where they occur. That's going to allow me to deploy the National Guard, who are medically trained, deploy people uh, who've been retired, who may have had a license lapse, bring in people from elsewhere. That is not my first position, though, my friends. My, my, my desire is to have the people who've been out there continue to work in their jobs, work in them safely, and to all the other health care workers who are vaccinated, they also deserve to know that the people they're working with will not get them sick. And we'll be nation-leading with our mandate which strikes at midnight tonight when everyone is expected in a hospital in the state of New York or a health care facility to have been vaccinated. I will be signing an executive order to give me the emergency powers necessary to... I wanted to play that again. <laughs> Number one, they're going to say that you cannot go to a hospital in the state of New York unless you're injected. And number two, and this is the beauty, she's going to sign an executive order to give her powers that she doesn't already have. So, where is it in the New York Constitution? I want to know. If anybody lives in New York, <laughs> where is it in the New York Constitution that says that if the government, governor doesn't have certain powers, they can just sign <laughs> a, an executive order and give those powers to themselves? Where it's under the that? dictation clause. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
that's that's about where it's got to be. <laughs> the Dictatorial Powers Act. Oh my goodness. And that wasn't even the clip that I wanted to play. I somehow or another it went to something different. Let me see if I can find the right one. Here it is. I prayed a lot to God during this time. And you know what? God did answer our prayers. He made the smartest men and women, the scientists, the doctors, the researchers, he made them come up with a vaccine. That is from God to us. And we must say, thank you, God. Thank you. And I wear my vaccinated necklace all the time to say, I'm vaccinated. All of you. Yes, I know you're vaccinated. You're the smart ones. But you know there's people out there who aren't listening to God and what God wants. You know this. You know who they are. I need you to be my apostles. I need you to go out and talk about it and say, we owe this to each other. We love each other. Jesus taught us to love one another. And how do you show that love but to care about each other enough to say, please get vaccinated because I love you. I want you to live. I want our kids to be safe when they're in schools. I want you to be safe when you go to a doctor's office or to a hospital and are treated by somebody. You don't want to get the virus from them. You're already sick or you wouldn't be there. We have to solve this, my friends. I need every one of you. I need you to let them know that this is how we can get, fight, fight this pandemic, come back to normal, and then start talking about the real issues that we have to. Fighting systemic racial injustice, which exists today. And if there's a denier, I will take you on any day because I've seen it. I know it exists. And we are not going to have a blind eye to this ever again any longer under my... All I can say is I'm glad the boat show isn't in New York. <laughs> yeah, she talks about God, but it's a little G and it's synonymous with Satan. It's the only thing I can say. You know, this is just pure insanity. You know, there is nothing that she says can be backed up with anything that you find in the Bible. That's why I can tell you that. But uh, just a nutcase who's, you know, every bit as bad as her predecessor. You know, she may not be sexually harassing people, but she is going to screw up the state of New York. You know, she's just going to pick up where What's-His-Chops Cuomo took over, uh, left off, and it's going to be bad in New York. And people are, you know, running from that place like rats off a sinking ship, and it's not going to get, you know, it's going to be bad. Really, really bad. Anywho, let's see here. Looking at the hey, Jim. Yeah, go ahead, Samuel. I uh, I don't know if you heard me on Rogers, but there's a great new. I think it's new. Uh, Vladimir Zelenko video that they posted on BitChute yesterday, and they took it off the front page right away. And I don't know if it's still there or not, but it it was labeled "Physicians of Presidents Takes a Big Risk," and I tell you what, pound for pound, that guy puts out information. That just destroys the opposition. I mean, because he's in the middle of it, and he saved so many people, and he's got the cred. You know, I mean, he he really nails it. Yeah. It's just awesome stuff. Yeah, I've um, I'm doing a little re little search here, and I'm not finding anything so far. Um, let me just see what comes up if I put in Zebzalinku. And you might also search World War Three because he he says this, we're in we're in a war. It's World War Three, you know. Here's one from SGT report: Zevsalinko vaxes human sacrifice, uh, global genocide. 
Well, what's your? Can I send you a link to it for, on an email or something like that? You can throw it in the chat room if you want. That's probably the easiest way. Don't exactly know how to do that. You're in. You're in Jitsi, right? Just yes, go sir. Down in the bottom, where the the fourth one from the left, the little icons, the one that uh, if you roll over, it says chat. Just open it up. You copy your link from your browser and then stick it in the box, paste it, and hit the little arrow to the right, and it says your message will be sent, and everybody will see it then. Yeah, not sure. I can <laughs> Are do you that. on a phone? <laughs> yeah, I'm on the phone, and there, there's uh, I have a hand in the fourth position. It looks like a hand. Really? Yeah, it should from the it should be the one just to the left of the hand. It looks like a little voice box. You know, like from a cartoon or something. Oh, with a little arrow in the lower yeah. left-hand corner? Mm, I, well, maybe. If you click on it, it should open up the chat to the side of the screen. And you'll yeah. see all the other stuff that's been put in there so far. Um, if you want to send an email, you got my get address. Off. You can and do it that way, too. You, what, what, what email would I send it to? Any one that you have, you've got my address. I'm not sure I do, really? Jim. Um, just Jim at yourdiyhealth.com. Okay. Yeah, I thought you'd sent me stuff before, but... Yeah, you need to use a computer. <laughs> it's a lot easier. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Phones are convenient uh -huh. for some things, but I'll tell you what, when it comes to the full functionality of these things the they're nothing beats a, a big screen well i hear that because yeah. i i have got icons i doesn't say what they are and yeah so yeah, yeah. if and, you roll over you, them generally if you touch on them sometimes it'll show but sometimes it won't either but yeah if you can find that link uh, and you can send it one way or another we can look at it okay cool yeah but uh looking at a thing here citizens journal uh from news from ventura county and they're saying, police fire military being gutted by vaccine mandate. Is this China's plan to destroy the U.S. of A.? And from Wayne Allen Root. Have bad news and good news. Have some, I, I'll save some good news for the end because you need to know there is hope. <laughs> bad news is the country is on fire. Thanks to the brain-dead, feeble old man with dementia, a.k.a. Resident Joe, Old Sleepy Joe hair sniffer. If you don't believe me, just see the 14,000 Haitian illegals aliens hiding under a bridge in Texas and now released into America by Biden. That should help the COVID pandemic. Yeah. I still want to know how they all got to that bridge. How did they get from a little island out in the ocean all the way across the Gulf of Mexico? or the Caribbean, whichever, and into dry land, and then north to our border. How did that happen? My understanding is it's the, uh, it's the Christian churches in collusion with the federal government, moving them all, and they're all making money on it, moving them into communities. I can't imagine them paying for airline fares. For 14,000 people <laughs> to fly from Haiti, that is 
pretty wild. Yeah, maybe they did. Yeah, they got that kind of money, boy. I'll tell you what, if my church put up for that kind of stuff, that'd be the last money they ever got from me. <laughs> but my church would never do that. Because uh, yeah. we're, we're independent. You know, we do what we want, and we don't answer to nobody. But, Wish I could find one like that around here. Yeah, well, just come to Ohio, and I'll get you set up. <laughs> yeah, a good unregistered Baptist church is hard to find. Uh, I listened to John MacArthur, and he is one of the hated, most hated Christians, I think, in the country because he tells all these big guys how rotten they really yeah. are. And the thing is, even he's got a 5013C3 setup, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, that's know. the problem. You know, even the guys that are preaching good messages are still clueless when it comes to, you know, where their church is. Because when you set up a corporate church and 501c3 status, you're taking yourself out from under the Lord and putting yourself under the state and the IRS. And yeah. that's how the IRS can come in and tell you, you can't preach that. Because if you're set up as a 501c3, the creator creates, the creator can control. And they have every right to come in and tell you, you can't, you can't preach that. Fourteen, you know, the First Amendment don't apply. You know, simple as that. And uh, because you've basically signed it away and accepted something else. And I don't think it's a, affected his message because I heard him. Well, no, he'll uh, keep doing it. You know, they're just they're just letting him do it. But the thing is, the bottom line is, technically, if and if they really wanted to, they could come in and shut him down for real. <laughs> well, they they tried. He won a eight hundred thousand um, dollar thing from the state because he he would never shut down and he talked oh, yeah. against um yeah. you know he's talking about how paul was the guy who, who basically said you know you gotta you gotta support government mm -hmm. in, in <laughs> etc and and he says yeah well this is one of the most persecuted guys he says telling that but about the government and he was being the most persecuted they finally mm -hmm. killed him right he said but he made the statement he says but that statement is only good until the government doesn't support god's law yeah and that's that's right you know basically uh, acts 529 says we ought to obey god rather than men and the trouble is is most of these preachers have put themselves under the government and they're letting them get away with stuff now but we're just you know we haven't gotten to the point where they're really going to shut things down you know they're they're throwing them bones and making it look okay and letting them win lawsuits and stuff but when the time comes they're going to use that 501c3 status and that corporation status to, to lock them up. They mm. just haven't reached that point yet. They'll still let, and that's the thing. They don't want to do it yet because they don't want to let people know where the real power is, why the churches have put themselves in a position where they can be dictated to. But that time, that day is coming. And it will only be the unregistered churches who are under God and have not incorporated and have not accepted 501c3 status that will be able to be out there preaching. And even they'll be attacked, but they won't have jurisdiction. So it'll be a whole different situation. But, um, you know, who knows? We'll see how long that takes to happen. But, uh, yeah, I got to hand it to people like John MacArthur. You know, the thing is, again, just like, like Simone Gold you know, well, I've always gotten all the vaccines, you know, well, I've always incorporated and I've always had 501c3 status. I'm ignorant. 
but I'm going to preach what I think is right. You know, the trouble is that they're not yeah. educated. And yeah, to, to support your point on the uh, on how nasty all the vaccines really are, right? I uh, I think we're about six months into the COVID thing. It was the first time when people were really starting to mask up and stuff. And I was in my grocery store and I was buying groceries and didn't have a mask on. And this lady inquired uh, uh, as to why I, I didn't. And I told her why. And she agreed with me. She says, I'm only, uh, she said, I'm only wearing it so I and she ended up being a head of the California group that supports um, parents with SIDS, the mm -hmm. sudden infant death syndrome. Yeah. And she said one of the good things about COVID is that she didn't have to make any more calls on parents because they weren't going in and getting their normal vaccinations. So all the SIDS disappeared. So she was happy about that. And, you know, it just shows you, uh, I mean, how nasty all this stuff is. Well, that you know, shooting people. SIDS, you know, SIDS don't come from vaccines. Yeah, there may be some exacerbation, but SIDS is, is from a selenium deficiency. And uh, thanks to Dr. Wallach, it was one of his uh, 10 lawsuits against the FDA, um, before oh, he just, sued them, there uh, were only, my understanding, Jim, is that just sudden infant death. Yeah, sudden infant death is caused by a selenium deficiency. The heart just stops. Well, she she it's was not from vaccines. You know, like I said, it's possible vaccines. some vaccines may uh, may cause it, just because you know the vaccines have all the other junk in it. So it's possible that if you give your, a, a newborn a vaccine, uh, it can kill them. But true SIDS, real sudden infant death syndrome, is cardiomyopathy that's caused by a selenium deficiency. And the SIDS rates dropped like a rock once Wallach sued the FDA and forced them to make, maintain or man, uh, mandate that uh, 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 manufacturers of infant formulas include selenium. Up till that point, there were only two, ProSoy pro and Infamil were the only two um, uh, infant formulas on the market that had selenium in them. And after that point, they all had them. So in some cases, although breast milk is the best thing in general for a baby, um, if the mom is neutrified, that's definitely the case. But if the mom is not neutrified, there's a chance that the only SIDS cases will come from moms that are breastfeeding because they don't have the selenium, so the baby's not going to get it. But if the baby is getting a, a formula that has it in it, which most of them do now, um, okay. SIDS is gone. And that was the, the, the key problem. You know, like I said, there are, there are probably going to, you're going to see some cases, you know, just because, you know, some babies will get the vaccines early and it'll kill them. But it's not a true case of SIDS. Real SIDS is sudden infant death is cardiomyopathy. And, um, yeah, and shaking baby syndrome, same thing. You know, that's you know, the baby didn't die because the parents shook him. The baby was dead, and the parents shook him trying to revive him. And then the idiots come in there to take the the pressure off the doctors who gave the shots or didn't give them the right stuff. And uh, that's 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 how they cover themselves. I, I had heard. Um, I don't know if it, I don't think it was from her, but from another source that when they give the hepatitis B shot. Uh, some 
was new to have the crash cart out to revive the baby. Yeah, they have the B shots, and um, there are others out there too. And you know, it's just the things are lethal. <laughs> Simple as that. That's why I keep saying, man, don't have your baby in a hospital. You can avoid a lot of things. You can avoid the number one. You avoid the potential for all the junk they try and inject them, or taking their blood and then patenting it. You know, and then on top of that. You avoid the enumeration at birth program with the IRS, no Social Security number assigned, and you avoid birth certificates. And then when the child turns 18, they can decide if they want to opt into the social slavery system or not. And uh, hopefully during those first 18 years, you will have educated them as to why it's not a good idea. Uh, But at this point, hospitals should be avoided by everybody at all costs. There is no good reason to go to a hospital, (laughs) you know, with the exception of absolutely mandatory surgery. And I'm talking like you got your arm ripped off in a farming accident or got hit by a bus or something. But otherwise, avoid those places like the plague because they pretty much are. And especially now, when you look at New York, as of midnight, if you don't have an injection, you can't come to the hospital. So what are they going to do? They'll always have their little shots right there available. You know, if you want to come in, roll up your sleeve. And people are going to be pressed into the situation. Now, what do I do? Oh, I guess I have to. You know, it's going to be absolutely insane. And like I said, hopefully the people that are pushing all this stuff, and that's the sad thing, is they probably all got the saline injections. You know, my, my biggest, you know, hope and prayer is that the people that are pushing all this thing got the real McCoy and eventually they're going to see the results, put it that way. But, uh, you know, otherwise, you know, and that's, that would just be par for the course. They give themselves the saline solution. They give everybody else the real thing. And of course they blame all the deaths on the people that are not injected and, uh, the cycle continues until people have the sense to realize what's going on. When you can look at last year on a, on a given day and there were only 25,000 cases, and then this year on the same day, 300,000 cases, and the only real difference is, you know, millions of people receiving these injections, that should tell you something. You know, the problem is the injections. And then like Simone Gold said, According to this, you know, the head of the CDC, the injections don't affect, they don't have any effect whatsoever against the Delta variant. And uh, so at this point, what's the reason for giving these things? Because it's no longer a public health situation because the things don't work against the Delta variant. They don't work at all. But, you know, officially they don't even work against the thing that's currently, you know, and it's supposedly the only thing circulating in the U.S. at this point. So... Who knows? <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, I, 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 ha- I have a good friend. He's 78, and his 50-year-old son keeps calling the hospital and making an appointment to get, or whatever, hospital or Walgreens to get his shot. And they keep calling him, bugging him, and he doesn't want to get it, but he doesn't want to tell his son, I'm not getting it. <laughs> you got to tell his son to butt out. You know, I didn't do a very good th- job raising you because you're an idiot, so leave me alone. <laughs> His yeah. son is certifiably 
idiot. I haven't talked, you know, it's funny. I haven't talked to my, any of my siblings. My parents are both gone now. Uh, but I haven't talked to either or any one of them as to whether they've taken these things or not. Of course, I don't see them very often as it is, but the next time I go to see them or even think about it, I'm going to say, have you guys received those COVID shots? And if so, <laughs> we'll FaceTime or something, but that's as far as we're getting. <laughs> I don't see any reason to come into uh, physical contact with you. Although I've been around people that have allegedly gotten the jabs, but uh, I don't know. You know, I've, I've had it and have uh, immunity. So I'm not really that worried, but... You know, it's like, if you're stupid enough to take that stuff, I'm hoping they aren't, but, you know, you never know. Uh, I was in a, in a house the other day. It, it was a, a poor family. I felt sorry for them. They were packed in there. Holiest freaking place I've ever seen in my life. The, <laughs> the matron of the house had pink eye. Oh, geez. I know they're all vaccinated, and... Uh, they were just so pathetic. I, I just couldn't. I was so happy to get my dry rot done in there and get the hell out. I oh, almost yeah. walked in and looked at it and said, no, thanks. You know, but and I said, well, somebody's got to do this for them. <laughs> There's a hole right in front of the sink, you know, <laughs> in the grief. kitchen. Because they let it run, drip for so long, it rotted the floor through. I, I had oh, to replace wow. some structure underneath. I mean, I was looking at how these people were living, and I and you know, just so man. Yeah, I saw some of that when I was a cop. You know, we'd have to go into houses and do well-being checks, and I mean, you talk about, you know, here's a case for the hoarders. You know, stuff piled everywhere, dog crap on the floor. Um, you name it you know every dish in the house is stacked in the sink and hasn't been washed in years um just unbelievable stuff you know people that are you know their electricity's off and they've got the oven door open they're using their gas stove as a you know, thing to heat the house um you know been there seen that <laughs> burned the t-shirt you know <laughs> it's crazy the stuff the way some people live it's unbelievable now, my office looks like a uh, an episode of Hoarders could be formed, filmed here, but it's just stuff piled up because I, for years I was teaching and never had time to do anything with it and uh, still haven't gotten around to it for some reason. I can walk from the door to my chair <laughs> to sit down and do the show. <laughs> and I've got, I've got two beds in here that you can't even see. Uh, so, you know, but I don't have... Uh, dog poop on the floor and junk like that thank goodness i just got a lot of clutter because i've got a 10 pound house and 20 pounds worth of crap you know? <laughs> oh man looking at some of the other things in the news millions are dying from covid injections but the media isn't telling you about it imagine that of course not <laughs> this is good leftist group funded by george soros submits letter to biden regime calling for killing republicans <laughs> Man, who'd have thunk it? U.S. Embassy in Vietnam warned VP Kamala Harris that she may have suffered a brain injury called Havana Syndrome from secret pulse weapon. That would explain some things. <laughs> Pharma retails, retailer CVS tells employees complaining about critical race theory they are racist and need to shut up. Good grief. Time to leave that place. 
Another mass shooting occurred in a, in a gun-free zone. Did Kroger's ban on concealed carry lead to shooting deaths? Hmm, my Kroger doesn't ban concealed carry that I know of. If they have a sign, I haven't seen it. Of course, I just ignore it anyway. I see those signs all the time, and I just walk through the door. I said, unless they're going to issue me my own armed security guard to make sure that I'm safe the whole time through the place, I'm carrying my gun. And if something happens, I won't draw it unless my life is threatened. <laughs> if theirs are in shape, bad shape, shame on you. Should have had your own gun or your own security guard. Iodine, the new ivermectin. Government media attacking all COVID remedies that actually work. Okay, got to look at this one. The latest threat to the government's Wuhan coronavirus COVID-19 pandemic agenda is Betadine, an iodine-based nasal spray that is helping people to stay safe and protected against the Chinese infection. Much like ivermectin, Betadine is being called dangerous by the powers that be because it protects and heals without the need for hand sanitizer, face diapers, injections, and lockdowns. And because a bottle of betadine costs just a few bucks, hmm. it turns out that early treatment with betadine both as a nasal spray and in oral irrigation is one of the best preventative remedies for Fauci flu, helping the, to massively decrease viral load. The Frontline COVID-19 Critical Care Alliance, FLCC, recommends the following methods for using betadine to fight Chinese virus germs. Antiviral mouthwash. Gargle three times daily. Do not swallow. And it must contain chlorhexidine, povidone iodine, or cetylpyridium. Pyridinium chloride. Chewy. Uh, I will put this in the chat room so you guys can don't have to try and figure out what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Come on. What is it? Get in there. There we. Is that the right one? <laughs> well, poop. I don't know how that happened, but that one needs to come out of there somehow. That's not good. That is very not good. Uh, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Hmm. Well, that is not good at all. And I can't delete. You can't delete something in, in chat. That sucks. Well, everybody disregard that. <laughs> and I don't know why this thing didn't copy. That was all totally screwed up. Uh, good grief. Let's do this again. That's the right article. Anyway, um, where was I? Uh, we got the nasal spray. Ah, nasal spray. Use 1% povidone iodine commercial product as per instructions two to three times daily. If 1% product is not available, must first dilute to uh, the more widely available 10% solution and apply four to five drops in each nostril every four hours, no more than five days in pregnancy. Hmm, interesting. Uh, 
Is that the case? That's good. Yeah, everybody ignore that stuff, and when I hopefully I'll delete it. <laughs> oh goodness. Anyway, um, let's have a. There's a little video here from YouTube on a guy and how to use this. Let's see. Uh, hopefully, it won't be too long. Four minutes. That's for my cool. fourth video during this pandemic, I want to explain why I'm calling for the wide adoption of nasal irrigation to fight COVID-19 for both my patients and the general public. This is a simple solution to safeguard all of us against COVID-19. We all know about hand washing, mask wearing, and social distancing. However, few of us understand the vital importance of nasal irrigation and gargling as a way to further protect ourselves against the coronavirus. COVID-19 is a highly contagious respiratory virus. However, it's also an easy virus to kill and control if we act responsibly. Coronavirus is primarily transmitted through droplets entering through the nose and throat. We wash every part of our body, especially our hands and outer skin, and brush our teeth. But most of us fail to cleanse our nose and throat, the entry portal for this respiratory virus. While nasal irrigation is not common in the United States, in India and Southeast Asia, nasal irrigation is widely adopted by the public and even suggested as a measure against cold and flu. Studies in these countries have shown that nasal irrigation reduces viral load, shortens the duration of illness, and lessens the spread of the virus in both children and adults. From a medical standpoint, the nasal cavity is rich in mucus and serous glands. Protecting your body is the first line of defense to bacteria and viruses. When pathogens get lodged in the nasal cavity, they become an ideal breeding ground to grow and invade the body. The take-home message is simple. Nasal irrigation and gargling are essential to prevent COVID-19 from developing and transmitting it. From a scientific standpoint, our bodies can produce an immune response from the nasal irrigation that creates the active ingredients in bleach, hypochlorous acid naturally inhibiting and possibly killing the virus. Studies have shown threefold benefits for people who irrigate. First, nasal irrigation increases protective enzymes, such as lysozyme that can destroy pathogens. Second, it promotes lactoferrin, a protein that can protect the body from the invasion of viruses like the coronavirus. Third, saline irrigation clears the nasal passages more efficiently by increasing ciliary beat frequency. Ciliary beat frequency is a determining factor of clearing the mucus from the nose. Now that you're aware of the benefits of nasal irrigation, let's discuss how to start. Nasal irrigation is inexpensive and easy to buy or make yourself. There are two components of nasal irrigation before adding to distilled water. Non-iodized salt, such as kosher or sea salt, and baking soda. Commercially or store-bought saline irrigation comes as isotonic and hypertonic packets based on the amount of salt. Personally, I prefer hypertonic saline irrigations because the higher salt content improves ciliary beat frequency and helps clear the nasal passages faster. However, there's not any scientific studies proving hypertonic irrigation is significantly superior to isotonic irrigation. Also, hypertonic saline may not be suited for everyone as it can burn and some may not tolerate. For children, I would recommend the easier to tolerate isotonic solution. I also recommend adding baking soda because it provides many benefits. Thins nasal mucus, improves nasal clearance, improves ciliary beat frequency, and possibly injures the outer envelope of the coronavirus. We know that the virus can harbor not only in the nose, but also in the throat. 
For the same rationale, I recommend saline gargles to reduce viral load, protect viral invasion, and reduce the possibility of viral transmission. I recommend nasally irrigating and gargling twice a day or if you think you've been exposed. In closing, washing your hands and wearing a mask to prevent an airborne virus is important, but not enough. Nasal irrigation and gargling are avenues to reduce the virus at its entry point, leading to lower transmission and less illness. It is a cost-effective treatment in the absence of a vaccine. Thank you for watching. My office is available for in-person appointments by visiting alamoent.com or by calling 210-545-0404. If you have any questions, please email me at dr.jeffrey.rosenblum at gmail.com. Interesting. So there you have it. And I just put a uh, link to another thing in there where it gives more instructions on how to uh, uh, use the stuff both as a nasal uh, spray and oral rinse. Uh, rather interesting. But uh, yeah, I can see how that stuff it would kill everything. And uh, we've got a basement full of it. My wife is always bringing home povidone iodine preps and stuff. It's all 10% solution though. So we'd have to dilute it. And, you know, it's easy enough. You just do nine parts water to one part of this, and it goes from 10% to 1%. And uh, you can put it in sprayers or, you know, whatever you want to do with it. Very interesting. So, uh, let's see, Newsweek is really upset about the fact that some people are now using betadine rather than masks and vaccines to cure the Fauci flu. In a hit piece entitled, Some Anti-Vaxxers Are Gargling With Common Antiseptic Betadine In An Attempt To Treat And Prevent The Coronavirus, Newsweek tried to make it sound like betadine is some kind of snake oil, even though it has been used for such purposes since forever. The randomized controlled trial out of Bangladesh recently found that nasal and oral iodine sprays helped to reduce COVID hospitalizations by 84% and COVID mortality by 88%. Does this sound like snake oil to you? <laughs> Only if your name is Newsweek. <laughs> According to Newsweek, Betadine could not possibly work for the Chinese virus because it was never officially approved for this use. <laughs> neither was colloidal silver, neither was uh, uh, <laughs> chlorine dioxide, neither was uh, hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin, and they all work like uh, nobody's business. This is a sleight of hand because betadine is a general antiseptic that has been described in the academic literature as being the most potent antiseptic. Hmm. To claim that betadine does not work for the Wuhan flu is just because it was created before COVID came into existence is to also claim that there's nothing that works to treat COVID except things that were invented and patented after it emerged. And that's what's going on. There's all kinds of companies out there trying to come up with drugs. They're basically coming up with something very, very close chemically to ivermectin, but it has just enough difference that they can repatent it and charge thousands of dollars a dose for it instead of just using the stuff that's already out there that works that you can't make money on because it's already out of patent. And speaking of that, I uh, happened to go to the local TSC yesterday, and while I was there, I figured I might as well grab me a couple more tubes of uh, ivermectin. And uh, lo and behold, you know, I, it took me forever to find this stuff, for one thing. It was not anywhere near the place you would expect it to be. 
but they had the little sign up saying, don't use this for treating COVID-19 because if you use this, it could make you sick or kill you. Really? And on top of that, the uh, bimectin, which is what um, Troy from Texas had recommended way back when, because it tastes better than the regular stuff. Um, the last time I bought some, it was at a TSC, but it was one uh, different town. Um, and they were charging, I think, six six ninety nine a tube, uh, which was about you know, twice as much as the regular, the other stuff was like three bucks a tube and this was six ninety nine or five ninety nine or something. So it was twice as much or a little more. Uh, but now the same thing at this other store was eight ninety nine. The original stuff, the cheapy stuff wasn't even there anymore. It was all gone. So apparently a lot of people are ignoring that little warning sign <laughs> and just buying the stuff like crazy and they're boosting the cost on it. So I'm going to see, I'm going to check the other one tonight when I go to church, because it's right down the street from my church, and see what's in there, and see if they boosted the price too, and if not, I'm going to buy a bunch of it, <laughs> just to keep it on hand in case my horses need to be wormed, of course. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's what I, I paid out here, Jim, eight ninety nine for the Bimectin last time, I think oh, it yeah. was 5 something like that. Yep. Yeah, they're boosting it. It's pretty wild. They're doing everything. You know, people are going to buy it, so we'll make, we might as well make a lot of money on it. <laughs> and, and the stock was a hell of a lot lower than the first time I bought it. It was like, you know, uh, my friend was there a, a week ahead of me, and he said there was nothing. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Crazy. <clears throat> uh, new unelected governor of New York replacing unvaccinated healthcare workers with National Guard soldiers. That's crazy. Army physician and aerospace medicine specialist calls on Pentagon to order all pilots who have received COVID-19 injection to be grounded. Oh, that dude's going to be drummed out of the service. <laughs> U.S. Army doctor is also a specialist in aerospace medicine has made an unprecedented call to Pentagon leaders asking them to ground all pilots in all services who have gotten a COVID-19 injection. And uh, interestingly enough, let's see here. In an affidavit, Lieutenant Colonel Teresa Long lays out her reasoning. You know, it's interesting. I saw a thing last night where um, it was talking about uh, the Marine Lieutenant Colonel, um, shoot, I can't, Schurler, 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 something like that, uh, who was basically incarcerated, you know, after he tried to resign his commission and they refused to accept it so then they could you know, dick around with him and basically make an example out of him because he called for, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, the, the uh, anyway, basically called out the higher ups on their handling of the, uh, Afghanistan debacle. And basically there were several other, uh, military personnel and it just turns out that two others were Lieutenant colonels and one was a Navy uh, lieutenant commander, or commander, excuse me. And a commander is the same rank as a lieutenant colonel. <laughs> it's funny that all these people that are, what, they're 04, 05, something like that. Uh, let's see. First, second, captain, major. Yeah, 05s. Um, they're all the same basic rank. Why is it these guys are the ones that are raising the stink 
are they designated, you know, stink razors now or something? <laughs> but it's, it's just fi highly interesting that every single one is either a lieutenant colonel or the, the equivalent in the Navy or the, you know, this would happen to be Navy. It would be the same thing in the Coast Guard as well. But anyway, um, she lays out her reasoning with citations and studies stating that she is doing uh, so under the auspices, auspices of a Military Whistleblower Protection Act. Long went on to lay out her credentials. She earned a bachelor's degree from the University of Texas, Austin, uh, completed my agri or medical degree at the University of Texas uh, Health, Health Science Center at Houston Medical School in 2008, and then served as a field surgeon for 10 years and went on to complete a residency in aerospace and occupational medicine in the United States Army School of Aviation Medicine at Fort Rucker, Alabama. Long wrote, that she's been training by or trained by the Combat Readiness Center at Fort Rucker as an aviation safety officer and has had additional training in the medical management of chemical and biological casualties at Fort Detrick, which is all where a lot of this bad stuff comes from. She also is board certified in flight aerospace medicine um, and board eligible for occupational medicine. The Army doc noted that before the COVID-19 pandemic, she underwent specialized military training from infectious disease doctors from the Army, Navy, Air Force, and emerging infectious disease threats. And she has recently functioned as a medical and scientific advisor to the Aviation Training Brigade, seeking to identify risk mitigation strategies, and so on and so forth. So anyway, she's observed vaccine adverse events both, uh, following the administration of the EUA vaccines and followed the success of soldiers who obtained various COVID-19 therapies outside the military. The, uh, the majority of the service members within the DOD population are young and in good physical condition. Uh, military aviators are a subset of the military population that has to meet the most stringent medical standards to be on flight status. Population of student pilots I take care of uh, are primarily in their 20s and 30s, males in excellent physical condition. Uh, the risk of serious illness or death in this population from SARS-CoV-2 is minimal, with a survival rate of 99.997%, she continued. And uh, along all that stuff, I'm trying to find out where, what her opinion. I personally observed the most physically fit female soldier I have seen in over 20 years in the Army go from a collegiate-level athlete training for ranger school to being physically debilitated with cardiac problems, newly diagnosed pituitary brain tumor, thyroid dysfunction within weeks of getting injected. Several military physicians have shared with me their firsthand experience with the significant increase in the number of young soldiers with migraines, menstrual irregularities, mostly in women, I think, uh, cancer, suspected myocarditis, and reporting myocardiac symptoms after injection. Numerous soldiers and DOD civilians have told me how they were sick, bedridden, debilitated, and unable to work for days at and or to weeks after injection. I have also received, recently reviewed three flight crew members' medical records, all of which presented uh, with both significant and aggressive systemic health issues. Today I received word of one fatality and two ICU cases on Fort Hood, the decrease, uh, the deceased was an army pilot, probably the one that Simone Gold was talking about, who could have been flying at the time. 
All three pulmonary embolism events happened within 48 hours of their injection. I cannot attribute this result to anything other than the COVID-19 injections as the source of these events. Each person was in top physical condition before the inoculation and each suffered the event within two days post-injection. Politicized SARS-CoV-2 treatments and injection strategies have completely compromised long-standing safety mechanisms, open and honest dialogue, and the trust of our service members in their health system and healthcare providers, she added. Now the question becomes, is Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin going to listen to her? Doubtful. Yeah, probably not. And uh, let me drop that one in there, too. Do, 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 do. Um, oh, yeah. Rebecca G. says, Dennis are using hydrogen peroxide and water mouthwash. That's been something for years and years and years and years. Um, and if they don't do it in their office, they recommend it, you know, if you have an in- extraction or something like that. Uh, just simple salt water. <laughs> you know, same thing. It'll do it. It kills that kind of stuff. But, um, wow, we're down to like less than five minutes. Anybody have Jim, any I, last? Go ahead. Yeah, I, uh, I, I was looking for better health for my mouth care. And uh, the first thing I tried was that Smart Mouth 2 hmm. product. You know, you mix them together. And, and that was really good. It worked, did wonders in the mouth. Mm-hmm. And, but it was rather expensive. So then I, I went to about 20 to 25% uh, hydrogen peroxide in my water pick. And Ooh. that was as good, if not better. Wow, that's and it's, potent. I'm surprised your mouth didn't turn white on the inside. Well, it's pretty, you know, that thing holds maybe a pint, right? Oh, you're right? putting and water in on top of it, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So about 20%, per, 20% of the total is the uh, 3% solution okay okay yeah you, you don't even know it's in there and okay, yeah um, that'll work great colloidal silver yeah. works great too uh for years when i was i was using every day i was taking an ounce of colloidal silver and swishing around in my mouth and every time i went to the dentist he was amazed he he'd, he'd cr- scratch around in there just trying to you know justify billing me but really couldn't find anything built up on my teeth or anything like that because the colloidal silver does a great job of taking care of all that stuff. It's it's pretty wild. And, uh, you know. Yeah, that one dentist said uh, what you want to do every 24 hours is break the bacteria building cycle by getting in there and, you know, either changing the right. alkali content, you mm-hmm. know, with baking something. Yeah. And just destroy that growth cycle so that it doesn't go haywire. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime you can do that. And simply just, you know, rinsing with fresh water after you eat anything and routinely throughout the day, even that will do it. Um, if the if the mouth, you know, if you're eating stuff, your mouth will tend to go on the acid side and you're just going just basic, you know, neutral pH water, uh, just rinsing everything out is the simplest way to do that kind of thing. It's easy. You don't have not a lot of preparation. Just, you know, take a swig and swish it around and spit it out. But, uh, yeah, there's, you know, so many different things, most of which are natural, that performs far better than all this crap that the, you know, big pharma wants to push down your throat or up your backside or whichever way they're going. And uh, it's just sad that uh, more people aren't aware of it. You know, and that's, you know, we try to get the word out here as much as we can. And hopefully between the shows and posting it on uh, 
the uh, Telegram channel and on Facebook and whatnot. Hopefully it'll get out in a few places and people will, you know, I'm hoping people listen to it. <laughs> we'll see. But, um, you know, it's just, uh, we're the ones that are going to be left. We're going to be the remnant hanging by, so to speak, the medical remnant, uh, not necessarily the uh, spiritual one, probably both. But, um, you know, all these people taking these jabs, you know, if they're, if they haven't gotten the real McCoy yet in one of the boosters down the line, they will, and that'll be the end of them. And, uh, you know, it's, it's unfortunate, but sometimes the culling of the herd is a good thing and the people left will be more intelligent, more likely to do a little research and, and take responsibility for their own health instead of just willingly rolling up their sleeve every time some idiot in a white coat says so. And, uh, but we'll have to wait and see. Come on. If that little thing stopped. But, uh, that's pretty much it for today. Appreciate everybody hanging out and sticking around. And hopefully there's been some good stuff gone through here. And I enjoyed it. So, <laughs> hopefully you did too. And, uh, we will be back tomorrow with Mike Gaddy. And, uh, the question of the day is going to be, which founder was known as he who faces both ways? So uh, that'll be an interesting thing to go over. Whoops. Let's bring that up slowly. <laughs> but anyway, everybody, take care of your bodies because it's the only place you have to live. And it's your choice, not theirs. Do what you know is right to do. And we will see you all tomorrow. Take care and God bless.